Welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about gut or what's the gut got to do with it. And it turns out that the gut has a lot to do with it. And I have an expert on here today. Her name is Vera Khan. She is a RDN and CDN. We are going to talk about what are the signs of an unhealthy gut. I know I have some ideas of what the signs of an unhealthy gut are, but I want to hear it from an expert. We're going to talk about some of the negative implications of having an unhealthy gut, and then also what you can do to help you and your clients improve your gut health. So Farah, I'm going to bring you on and let you introduce yourself. Hi, Angie. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Well, I, I think you, you know, covered the basics of me. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I'm a certified dietitian nutritionist in New York State. Um, I do have a private practice in New York, uh, so I work with people one-on-one and also do some corporate wellness and community workshops on uh, basic nutrition, healthy eating, and addressing some health factors individually. Um, gut health is certainly one of the big ones that comes up. And, it, and, and I've certainly had a lot more clients recently uh, reporting gut issues. So it's a very fascinating area, but I know that can also, you know, make life miserable when individuals do have gut issues. So, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up, Farah, that you say that you, you see it more and more and have more and more clients come to you. And I really feel like that has a lot to do with, um, for me personally, I feel like it has a lot to do with stress. I feel like it has a lot to do with our society. We don't sleep as well. We're high stress, we're fast paced, and we're eating all those processed foods. I can't help but think that that's a huge tie-in to what's going on with our gut health issues. And so um, does that does that sound right? Does that, does that sound like? You know, yeah, absolutely. I think you covered the top sort of uh, factors that affect our gut and can lead to an unhealthy gut. One is, you know, not eating um, adequate whole foods, not getting enough fiber in our diet. That can certainly affect our gut health and our gut bacteria. Um, and, and we can certainly talk more about that in terms of, you know, what kinds of foods are good to add and good to include in your diet. And then the two other things you mentioned were sleep and stress. Absolutely. Yeah. Two big factors there. All right, for sure. I feel like when I don't get enough sleep, my stomach always hurts. I have a stomach ache and I have a headache. So I feel like those are two big things when I don't sleep well. So let's start with the signs of an unhealthy gut, because I feel like when our clients come to us and they're like, I have a stomach ache or whatever it might be. um, What are some signs that we should look for when we're talking to our clients? Give me like one sign of an unhealthy gut. Number one, um, I would say the top two things that people tend to report are bloating, constipation. Um, So both of those are big indicators that, you know, something's not going right, that there is an unhealthy gut environment. So bloating, um, excess gas, you know, we all get gassy from time to time, but if you're feeling bloated, very gassy, burping a lot, those are all indicators that, you know, there might be something going on in your gut. Um, Constipation, diarrhea, or any sort of 
abnormal gut or bowel movements, uh, those are also signs that there's something unhealthy going on, there's food intolerance, um, particularly if it's over a prolonged period of time, that can indicate that, you know, there, there's something not quite right there. Um, and then, you know, other factors that we may not always think of, but not sleeping enough, having irritability and um, episodes of feeling very moody or depressed or anxious, um, skin breakouts, you know, that, that's another sign that there's something not quite right going on in your gut. So let's go through some of those. That was a lot of things there. So I heard bloating, yes. definitely. And I, I feel like that's such a huge sign is when people have bloating in their gut, that just goes to show that we're not really eating foods that are agreeing with us. Mm -hmm. um, and then I heard um, gas, burping. Those are interesting ones. Uh, bloating, gas, burping, constipation, diarrhea, one or the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, those are some of the signs. I think you said what else did I miss in all of those? Those are some good Skin issues. You know, if someone's having breakouts frequently yeah. um, and, you know, acne, um, which can be contributed to a lot of things, but certainly breakouts, unhealthy um, sort of skin rashes, those can be signs that there's something off in your gut. Um, and that's one of the reasons why it's sort of manifesting on your skin as well. Yeah, because I've read a lot about that, actually, that high sugar diets lead to a lot of skin problems. And I feel like that's where, you know, what we eat really does um, matter inside and out. And so I do, I've read a lot about the high sugar diets and the high processed foods leading to a lot of skin breakouts. Um, one of the things you also mentioned, the, you know, the sleep disturbances, one thing that I've read so much about, and I feel like we could do an entire segment on this, is how one of the signs of gut health is autoimmune conditions. Am I right? I've kind of read a lot about that. Yes. Can you tell us about the link between our gut and our autoimmune system? Absolutely. Um, and you're right. You know, I mean, autoimmune conditions obviously there are going to be multiple factors that are involved, but because our a, a large part of our immune system is in our gut, an unhealthy gut environment means that, you know, our immune system's not quite as healthy as it should be. Um, there are a lot of different theories as to, you know, how an unhealthy gut, unhealthy gut bacteria, uh, gut dysbiosis, these are all buzzwords that are out there, can contribute to um, sort of the proliferation or the instigation of various autoimmune conditions, which can, uh, you know, range from, um, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, IBD, irritable bowel disease, yeah. um, some thyroid issues, you know, just to name a few that are, that are sort of related to an unhealthy gut environment. Right. And so it's interesting how we don't even recognize um, that the diet, our food can impact whether or not we get an autoimmune disease. Like you said, like the irritable bowel syndrome and those types of conditions oftentimes are exacerbated by the foods that we eat. And I feel like sometimes people know that, but they don't really process that when they're picking the foods right? They don't really make that the direct correlation between if I eat this kind of food, this could happen to my body or my skin might break out. They automatically, you know, teenagers or college students, a 
lot of times they go away. I know my daughter went away that first year and her skin really broke out. And I was like, well, you know, what kind of foods are you eating? Right. You know, because it turns out that pizza and high processed foods are probably not very good for your skin or your body. Right. And so um, it's like, oh, you know, then the light bulb kind of comes on. Right. So the autoimmune conditions. Also, do you think that the gut health issue has a lot to do with the increase in food intolerances? It, it's true that they are very closely related. Um, and, you know, as I said, that there are different theories and, and ideas that have been proposed, proposed as to why these food intolerances tend to be arising. Um, and, you know, I want to backtrack a little bit to what you said in terms of like the processed foods are certainly not necessarily great for your skin, not necessarily great for your gut. And it's true, but it's not just about what we're eating. It's also about what we're not eating. Um, so a lot of times, you know, when you mentioned teenagers, you know, when college kids, when, when a lot of adolescents go away to college, and this isn't just adolescents, but when they go away to college, are maybe eating a lot of heavily processed foods, um, you know, your pizzas, your burgers, high fat foods, high sugar foods, they're also not eating um, adequate fiber. They're not eating adequate whole foods that provide a lot of fiber, both soluble and insoluble. Um, and fiber is one of the things that's considered a prebiotic in terms that it provides food for healthy gut bacteria to grow and to feed on. Um, so it's a combination of both what we are eating, which is excess sugar, you know, excess fat um, that's contributing to that you know, unhealthy gut environment, but it's also what we're not eating. So it's almost like a double whammy. Um, it's mm -hmm. a fact, you know, combination of, uh, of two things. Um, and then to add on that also the stress, you know, not right. not enough sleep. So sleeping inadequately, excessively stressed lifestyle. Those, you know, are two other lifestyle factors that sort of aggravate um, that gut environment. And, and they're all implicated in a lot of these um, gut issues like IBS and IBD. Right. Well, Farah, I want to kind of reset here for a minute. So I'm talking mm -hmm. to Farah Khan and she is an RDN and a CDN. She is an expert on nutrition. And so we are talking about gut health or what's the gut got to do with it. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the, um, what, what are some signs of an unhealthy gut? And gosh, we've listed a number of things from these food intolerances to the autoimmune conditions, to, um, bloating and gas and burping and all all kinds of things that we don't necessarily think about. So I think that we have to, before we even understand gut issues, we kind of have to understand, well, what am I looking for when I'm thinking about gut issues? And I think that, you know, from my perspective, a lot of times, one of the first things I just think about is, does my stomach hurt? But then it goes so much deeper into these autoimmune conditions and skin conditions and food intolerances. So there's so much more here. Are there any other signs that trainers might want to look for or tell their clients to look for when it comes to gut health? Like what else do we need to, what else is a sign that we might've missed? So certainly, you know, the abdominal pain, um, I also want to say, you know, changes in stool consistency. And of course, you know, this might sound like TMI, um, but really excessively loose stools or excessively hard stools, changes in color and consistency from your norm. Those are signs that, okay, either you ate something recently that was not quite right, 
or that if this is something that has gone on for a period of time, that, okay, this, this is something that needs to be addressed. It could be signs of unhealthy um, bacterial growth in your stomach or sort of an imbalance between healthy and unhealthy gut bacteria. So changes in stool consistency and frequency are certainly also red flags. Um, obviously, if someone has any sort of major, you know, um, concerning issues, like for example, if you have blood in your stool, that should really be addressed by a doctor. So those are things that are more severe and should be looked at by a gastroenterologist. Um, so, you know, I don't want to play down the, the implication of that is if you do have blood in your stool, that's something that you should get checked out. But, it, you know, a lot of times people will just put up with, you know, changes in stool consistency and pass it off and, and sort of live with it and not realizing that, hey, this could be signs of an unhealthy gut. Uh, so certainly asking those questions. And if anyone's reporting it, then say, all right, well, you know, maybe you should take a look at your diet and see what may be going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and, and actually, Farah, I'm here to say I don't think changes in stool consistency is TMI. I think it's, you know, it's a part of what we do. And it's a, it, it's a, it's an indicator. It really is. You know, if, if you have diarrhea every day, that's an indicator that something's not going well. Or if you're struggling with constipation, then absolutely. So I'm glad that you brought those two things up. And then also the one of, hey, if there's blood in the stool, then that's a big thing. And you need to go in and get that checked out. So those are some of the signs of an unhealthy gut. What do we do to improve our gut? Because I know I personally would love to know, I get a lot of headaches and I often wonder, is it about the food that I'm eating? Is it about sleep? Is it all three? So tell us about, you know, what can we do to improve our gut health? Give me one big thing I could do. Great. Um, you know, I, I don't want to point out just one. I think that you hit sort of the nail on the head in that there are, they are all related. Um, one is, yes, absolutely take a look at your diet. You know, what is the composition of your diet? Are you getting in enough whole foods in terms of your vegetables, your fruit, whole grains, legumes, uh, foods that have a lot of fiber in them? And a lot of times if you're subsisting on a lot of processed foods or takeout, chances are you're probably not getting enough fiber in your diet. So fiber is certainly a big uh, positive that, you know, I, I think we all need to pay attention to how much we're getting. Um, general recommendations are between 25 and 34 grams, you know, and that's for men leading up to women. Um, sorry, uh, men 34 grams and women are going to be a little bit less, 25 to 28, depending on their age. So making sure that you're getting enough to sort of reach that target is going to be a big aspect of it. Hydration, you know, um, I think a lot of us don't get enough fluid during the day and that, you know, sugary drinks are not necessarily contributing to that in a healthy way, but making sure that we're staying hydrated. If we're eating more fiber, we absolutely need to get in more liquid, more fluid, water, preferably to flush things and move them along. Okay. So, both so let's, oh, go ahead. So, yeah. you know, I was thinking about those two things because I was thinking, you know, let's break this down a little bit. So if we're talking about the foods that we eat, I feel like I always want to give people really strong takeaways. I mean, gosh, there's apps for that, right? You can, you can put in the food that you eat into an app and get a grid or a chart or information about how much fiber is in that food, how much fat is in that food. There are apps that are so intuitive that will do the hard work for you. And I think that for me, 
that's been a really important way for me to kind of gauge whether or not I'm really lacking in one of those main nutrients. Mm -hmm. And then you brought up hydration. And it's interesting because those apps will also do that. They'll let you. And in fact, I think the iPhone has that yeah. capacity too, where you, you put in how much water you drink. And yeah. so the, the, you know, the, there's enough information out there to make it easy on us. I know I'm not personally good at going through my diet and going, okay, have I had enough fiber? Have I had enough of this? I'm not that great at nutrition, but I'm sure eat, I'm sure able to put it into an app. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's an easy way to do sort of a spot check to say, all right, you know, on any given day, that's a typical day of eating for me. You know, if I put all these things into an app that logs them, you know, what is my fiber intake at the end of the day? Am I close to meeting that, you know, 25 grams for a woman or 34 grams for a man? Am I close to meeting that goal or not? Um, if not, there are some easy ways to get in more fiber. You know, we can certainly use fiber supplements. And I think a lot of times they're sort of an easy uh, go-to for a lot of individuals. But I'm a, a very pro-food person. So, you know, my my... provide more natural sources of fiber that you can maintain over the long term um, because they do have so many you know long-term health benefits that getting it from food working it into your diet on a regular basis so that it's sustainable is a great way just to ensure you're getting that fiber day after day you know in the long term right so those are good uh, those are good things um the other thing that so we're, we're, we're talking about, I'm talking to Farrah Khan, and she's an RDN and CDN, and we're talking about gut health. And we talked about the different, um, what are the signs of an unhealthy gut? And now we're moving into what can we do to improve our gut health? Because maybe we have this bloating, or maybe we have um, this skin irritability, but now we got to figure out, you know, what can I do to improve it? And, and Farrah, you're talking about just, first of all, starting with proper nutrition and water intake, and maybe using an App for that. And then you also mentioned getting enough fiber. I've also read, I know years ago, my sister took a course on nutrition. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the gal said some number was like, chew every bite. It was, it was like chew every bite 50 to a hundred times or something. And my sister was like, try it. And I'm like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever done. Like yeah. food starts to complete mush in my mouth. And I, I feel like I'm eating baby food at that point. Yeah, no. And, and I can just picture it now. You know what? There is a grain of truth in that though, in that, uh, and again, this goes back to the whole concept of us leading busy lives and we're stressed out and we're sort of eating on the go. Um, we're not chewing our food properly. We're not slowing down to really break those food particles up into smaller pieces because that is sort of like the initial part of digesting food. It's mechanical digestion. Food does need to be broken down into small pieces physically, you know, and, and then on a microscopic level as well for us to absorb the nutrients. So in fact, one of the theories about gut, you know, food intolerances is that we're not chewing our food as much or as properly as we should be. And we're ingesting larger pieces of food, which are then get, going into our gut, our small intestine, and not being recognized as well by our immune system. So we are, you know, it is tending to contribute to an autoimmune response. Again, it's one theory that's, that's sort of been proposed, um, but it is 
related to general lifestyle trends. If you look at how a lot of us eat, you know, we're eating in front of the TV, we're eating on the go, we're scarfing down our food at our computer. Um, and that's a big takeaway that I do tell clients. I'm like, if you're eating your lunch in front of a computer, step away, you know, take a break, go pay attention to what you're eating, slow down, take that half hour lunch break that you are entitled to and slow down, eat your food, chew your food, enjoy it so that you're really you know, enjoying the food, but also registering that you're eating it and you're giving about body, your body the chance to digest it properly as opposed to wolfing it down um, in right. a hurried manner. And that can lead to bloating and indigestion and, you know, downstream health issues as well. Um, oh, so for sure. I mean, the faster we eat, the more likely we are to get that bloating. I know if I, if I'm scarfing down food, if I'm on the phone, you know, you mentioned don't do it at your computer. I'm also thinking don't do do it when you're on the phone. I mean, for one thing, it's super annoying to the person that you're talking to. But for another thing, you're you're not really taking the time to properly chew because you're trying to chew between, you know, sound bites of conversation. So um, I do. I think there's a lot to be said for eating slowly and eating mindfully. So not eating when you're doing something else, not eating when you're on the phone or at your computer or driving. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, the driving part of it, I mean, it's unsafe as well. But yeah, we're not, you know, we're not sort of paying enough attention to what we're eating and we're not facilitating that digestive process. You know, our digestive system is incredible. We have such a large surface area internally inside our gut to be able to absorb nutrients. But if we're not putting in the time and chewing our food well, you know, slowing down how we're eating, we're really not providing our gut with the right sized pieces to be able to digest and absorb. And that in turn, you know, can contribute to a lot of bloating and intolerances because the food isn't arriving in our gut in a form that, that it's really supposed to. Um, the other aspect of it, which you touched on before, we can certainly talk more about is the sleep aspect of it. You know, if we're not sleeping en enough, it does upset our hormonal balance and that can affect our digestion. It can upset, you know, how we're digesting our food how quickly, how slowly, and that in turn can also leave people feeling very bloated and with indigestion if they're just not getting enough sleep and their their hormonal balance is a little off because of it. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting one to think about that like that. When you don't sleep, you know, your hormones are off and you don't digest as well. It's probably mm -hmm. why when I don't sleep, I feel like I have a stomach ache. Yeah. So I'm talking to Farah Khan. We're talking about gut health and Farah's an RDN and CDN. We're talking about not just what does an unhealthy gut look like, but what can we do to improve our gut health? Because we keep reading about gut health and how it, 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 it factors into our mental health, our moods, our emotional health. Um, it's you know, poor gut health is linked to uh, autoimmune disorders, all these different things. So right now we're talking about what can we do to improve that gut health? And we've talked about everything from eating more fiber to watching our nutrient intake to drinking more liquids to sleeping better and by gosh, slowing down when we're eating. So I have a question for you, Pharaoh, on when it comes to gut health. Um, one of the things that I see more and more, you know how you do 23andMe or you, there's all these different genetic platforms to get your um, 
you know, to get information. What about these like food intolerance kits? Because I know there's a lot of food intolerance testing now. And I know you can get a little bit covered by Western medicine if there's good cause. But I know there's also a lot of send away kits, if you will. Do you have any kind of insight on those or opinions on those? You know, the, depending on the kit, I would say, A, if someone's going to do a food intolerance test to you know, sort of research the company and 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 see what what type of tests they're actually doing if it's legit. Um, secondly, you know, I'm, I'm always a little weary in that sometimes people get freaked out by some of the results and they say, oh, well, it came back that I'm intolerant for X Y Z food, but I've actually been eating it for a while and I don't feel like it's affecting me. Um, so so sometimes people get a little concerned and start wanting to cut out all kinds of things. Um, because it came back as having, you know, they, they have a slight sensitivity to it on a food intolerance test. So I'm always a little weary. If, you know, obviously with allergies, allergies are different from intolerances in that allergies are an immune response. So with allergy tests, yes, absolutely. You know, you should avoid anything you're allergic to. With food intolerances, I, I like to take it, you know, from a food elimination approach first before having people jump to the test, just so that they're not cutting out foods that they may not need to, um, that are sort of coming up on their this food sensitivity test and freaking them out. So I'd say if you're experiencing gut health issues, certainly talk to a professional, you know, see a GI, see a registered dietitian, and work through some of the food elimination protocols. They can identify, okay, when maybe it's these certain foods that are contributing to these issues. Um, so hopefully that, you know, sort of helps a little bit in, in, in terms of navigating that, you know, if that is helpful, but it's not quite, you know, cutting or covering all your bases, then we can certainly take a look at some food intolerance tests and see, all right, which one might be, you know, more uh, sensitive and, and more reputable that you can actually try. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea because I've seen a lot of those kits and I've often thought about them. And, and you're right, I feel like that could send people down a rabbit hole because if it comes back and it says that you're intolerant to this food, but you've been absorbing it quite nicely, then maybe it's it's you know it's it's something that we need to maybe not take too seriously. So um, I did the allergy testing and in uh, through my ear, nose, and throat doctor. And one of the things he he brings me back the results and he's like, well, he's you know, joking around. He's like, well, you're not allergic to cockroaches. And I was like, oh no, I definitely am. I'm pretty sure if I see one, I have an allergic reaction. And so, you know, we joked because I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, there's certain things that came back that I was allergic to that I wasn't expecting and certain mm -hmm. things that I, I wasn't allergic right. to. Yeah. So, um, so is there anything else about, uh, what we can do to improve our gut health that we haven't covered that you're like, wait, we have to get this one in there. Mm -hmm. I would say like, you know, making sure that we're getting some sort of probiotics in, um, not necessarily from supplements. I think, you know, we're quick to jump to supplements all the time. Um, and one of the questions I get asked is, does everyone need a probiotic? So probiotics are the actual healthy bacteria. And we find these in fermented foods like yogurt, kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, sourdough bread. Um, and those foods, you know, if you keep them in your diet on a regular basis, you're going to reap the benefits of those sort of healthy gut bacteria. Prebiotics are specific types of foods with certain types of fibers in them that promote 
you know, healthy gut bacteria, which are the probiotics. So keeping those foods in your diet, like apples, like oatmeal, like uh, asparagus, um, are really all your fruits and vegetables in. If you're eating those, you are also going to be promoting a healthy gut bacteria environment. So not everyone needs a probiotic. It doesn't hurt to take one. Um, if you are having any major sort of gut issues, I would definitely say see a GI doctor first before sort of adding more bacteria to your gut, you know, even though they're healthy gut bacteria. Uh, but I'd say do the food first approach, you know, get your probiotics that way before jumping to a supplement. It helps, doesn't always hurt, but you may not need it. Um, so that's sort of like my one, you know, takeaway at the end of this. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's actually an excellent takeaway because that was one of the things that I wanted to ask you because I do take a probiotic every day. I used to eat yogurt and now I no longer eat yogurt for different reasons. And so I moved to a probiotic. And so I was kind of curious to get your takeaway on that. So Farrah Khan, thank you so much for joining me and talking about gut health. I know in the future, I really want to do a deep dive into autoimmune disorders and how that links to gut health or gut health and our mental health and our moods. I know that that's a whole other segment and I'd love to deep dive into that one with you. Absolutely. But thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. It was a pleasure. Um, really enjoyed it. You know, and I hope that was helpful to a lot of individuals who may have some gut concerns. Oh, absolutely. So thank you, Farrakhan. Thanks to our app and NASM audience. And we will see you next week.